when I say the word carnivore, do you look at me like a deer in the headlights? The same way you look at me when I say the word keto, thinking there's no way I can do carnivore. There's no way I can just eat meat all day. And then what's the point? I've heard that it increases cholesterol. I heard it's not good for you. I heard that it can cause heart attacks. My doctor told me to avoid red meat. Dr. Lisa O and I are going to collaborate once again and bring you some anecdotal evidence of the carnivore diet and how you can use it, maybe not long-term. So don't let it get stuck in your head that this is something that you have to do forever. Maybe it's something you're going to want to do forever if you feel like a rock star, but we're going to go through how you can use it to possibly lower inflammation, lower Hashimoto antibodies, kickstart some weight loss, discover food allergies or intolerances without spending boatloads of money on bullshit food sensitivity testing. Dive into this episode. It's nice and short. Dr. Lisa tells you about her experience with the carnivore diet. And this is really going to give you some tips and tools and real advice on how to implement the carnivore diet into your life, possibly short term, to get some really quick wins. So enjoy the show. Are you sick of hearing me talk about young goose yet? Well, that's too bad because I love them and I have been using them now for years, probably about two or three years. And I can honestly say that my skin looks great. So I go to my plastic surgeon's office to get a little bit of Botox, right? And he says, what are you doing for your skin? Because your skin looks great and I'm 50. It's going to be young goose. You know, I've never had the ability to do those ablative lasers that are supposed to refresh and renew your skin. I just can't do it. I break out. So I love a good product line that is actually going to do something with my skin and help me not age. So whether we're talking about eye cream, finding that perfect eye cream, whether you're finding that perfect collagen boosting cream that smooths out wrinkles, Young Goose has it all. I use pretty much everything in their line, but my favorites are going to be the Care Moisturizer. This has NAD and NAD boosting powers to it, which obviously helps your skin. We love NAD for anti-aging. I use the Hyperbaric Mask at night. I put that on. Oh my gosh, it just renews and replenishes and hydrates my skin. I use the ProCare Serum. This is an anti-aging serum. It's senolytic meaning it's going to seek out and destroy the bad cells and promote new cell growth. I use the adaptogenic cleanser. I use the amplifying essence, which really kind of boosts up your skincare. Overall, Bio-C peptide spray as a toner. Their entire line is fantastic. If you even start with two to three products, you will notice a difference in your skin. So you're going to go to younggoose.com and you're going to use the code Dr. Amy. This is going to save you 5% off. Now, is it a ginormous savings? No, but their line is so precise and so grounded in science. This is what they can offer. And, you know, I love the owners too. I think buying from, from a family owned company is so important. And if you met the owners, you would fall in love and want to, use their products every single day because you know that their heart and soul 
is literally behind this line. So younggoose.com, use the code Dr. Amy, you will notice a difference in your skin. Have you ever heard of the baobab fruit? It's really interesting. And it is such an affordable way to increase your antioxidants because this thing is a multi-talented, multivitamin, multi-mineral, one-of-a-kind supplement in powder form that you throw into your shakes. Oh my God, it just pretty much becomes a no-brainer. So this particular Baobab Boost from Trim Healthy Mama, my two favorite ladies on the planet, they introduced me to this amazing antioxidant and I fell in love. I put it in all the time. Every single shake that I have, I put the Baobab powder in. It's citrus and sherbet tasting dried flesh, has five times the fiber of oats, and a higher antioxidant level than any food on the planet. That's eight times that of the superberry acai and more than blueberries and pomegranates combined. So quit eating all the sugar and just use organic baobab fruit pulp. It's that easy. Because Trim Healthy Mama, they put that into a nice powder. Like I said, I just scoop it right out, throw it into my shake. Oh my gosh, it reduces inflammation. It helps with weight loss. And the other really interesting thing about it is it's kind of working as an appetite suppressant. Now, I know it's not touted for that, but when you put it in your shake, especially first thing in the morning, throw that into a nice protein shake, you'll notice that your appetite is definitely curbed. So now I'm thinking of this perfect stack to replace or or supplement those GLPs out there on the market. What if we did Baobab and Metabolism Fixer together? That would be crazy at controlling your appetite. And with the Baobab, you're getting all those antioxidants. It's, it's amazing. And this powder is so affordable. It is so affordable. So you're going to go to store.trimhealthymama.com and look up Baobab. It's B-A-O-B-A-B, Baobab Boost Powder. These ladies have just gone all out with their entire line, but this is one of my favorites because I started using it. And I have to say that I noticed the appetite suppression difference. And then when I dove down the rabbit hole of what else is in it, the antioxidant content, the multi-mineral content, it just becomes a no-brainer. So store.trimhealthymama.com. Look for Baobab powder. Enjoy. Hey, welcome back to the show. Dr. Lisa here. I am with Dr. Amy Horniman. We have been traveling. We're at a seminar the last few days. We have a little bit of time and decided we're going to do a mutual podcast together. Because we just love doing this and we both think the same way. So today we want to dive into... Well, a couple different things, but I want to talk about carnivore as it relates to Hashimoto's because Dr. Lisa has actually been doing carnivore. And I think when you say the name, even when you say keto, people look at you like deer in a headlight look like, I don't know if I can do that. So I really want to break down the myths and tell people how they can effectively use it to get a body transformation and maybe even an antibody transformation. Yeah, for sure. Because I think that was the big thing. When I started looking at this, this was before I even knew about my thyroid diagnosis, but like 2018. And in my thought process back then, you know, I was the paleo girl, the keto paleo girl. And so to tell me 
to go and not eat any vegetables or any low glycemic fruits. I was like, this is insanity. And then I just started digging into the research and was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is pretty spectacular. So I did a little stint in 2019 and saw amazing results with it. And so I love that people are looking into it now. Right. Yeah. But it is like you just said. I mean, I I get the we talked about this a lot this weekend. I get feedback from my patients when I talk about changing nutrition. They will literally like put up their hands and say, stop. I know you do keto. I don't want to do keto. So let's break the myth. Like if you want to lose fat, right, like if you want to lose fat, the only way that you can lose fat is to be in a state of ketosis. Do you have to do keto like Atkins? Do you have to do keto or, you know what I mean? But even carnivore, you're getting into a state of ketosis, which is allowing you to burn fat. So I think that's the biggest thing of busting that myth. You don't have to eat pork rinds. You don't have to do that typical like butter and whatever, you know, think of all the keto, like back in the days oh, I know. when I used to drink, my God, it was like, Half and half. I would just drink that straight up or whole cream. Oh, yeah. Heavy whipping cream <laughs> yes. and the coffee. I mean, listen, it tastes good. But I think that's the problem is that it's been so bastardized over the years. And if we could get another name for it, we wouldn't get people so shocked by it. And I know you get this, too, because you and I talk about keto. We believe in it. We deal with a lot of insulin-resistant patients. And listen, the bottom line is if you're insulin-resistant – and you're eating a vegan diet, a vegetarian diet, a high-carb diet, it's just going to raise your insulin even further. It's not going to help you. So I think we see so much of that that that's why we talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of get labeled as, oh, you only do keto with your patients. You only do carnivore. You only do low-carb. And that's not the case. But if you fall into a category that we're going to talk about today, like insulin resistance, like inflamed, like... Hashimoto's, autoimmune conditions in general, then this is something that you might want to listen to and take notes and implement in the way that we're going to tell you how to implement it. Absolutely. And I think that's the key note. Like inflammation is the underlying, it is, it's the underlying disease of everything. Like everybody is super inflamed and, and the going line, if you listen to my podcast with, you know, my patients know this from October, from Halloween until Valentine's Day, I go to adjust them and they're like, oh, that hurts. It should not hurt when somebody touches your spine. And so it just tells me an indicator, like we are way too inflamed within the diet. So yeah, so I'm excited about this. Let's deep dive in. Like, where do you want to start? So first tell people, because I have never gone full carnivore. So tell people your experience. What did you eat in a day? What did you feel? What did you experience? Did you lose weight? Did you feel the anti-inflammatory effects of carnivore? And just give your experience. Yeah, you know, it was it was crazy because I remember I was sitting, oh my gosh, I was traveling with another colleague of mine and we both just started talking about, and I don't even remember why I decided to try to do that. It was, you know, that thought process of like, do I dare say that this is what I'm going to try to do? And so I remember looking at her and I was like, I think I am going to try, this might sound really crazy, I'm going to try carnivore. And she's like, oh my gosh, so am I. And so there was a group of us that all did this together. And so literally what I had started out in the mornings is I threw butter in my coffee along with collagen, or like it was a bone broth protein. So I did that because I was working out in the morning. And so I wanted to add in some sort of protein with that. And so that's where I did that. My meals, I mean, 
it was, it was, I did a lot of ribeyes. I did a lot of just straight up protein that way, a lot of bone broth. And I'm, I'll be honest, because I know people always say you need to do a bunch of organ meats. I hate, you know, organ meats. Yeah. Like, I go back. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. I, I just, you know, it's like the scar from childhood. I remember when my mom would cook liver, and I'm like, I can't do that. I can tell the smell. I don't want to do that. So I, I do my organ meat capsules through different companies, right? Like, I buy those capsules. I'm getting those nutrients that way. And I documented it within my Facebook group. And it was funny, because people were like, this is crazy. It looks like you've dropped a ton of weight. But I hadn't at that point. It was just inflammation. And I remember pulling a picture out from when I was in chiropractic school. And I literally weighed less in that picture. But the picture of me 20 years later, at that point, because I had gotten rid of the inflammation, it was it looked like I was 30 pounds lighter. It was the fact of, and I just remember looking at that picture of that 20-something-year-old girl who was eating gluten that was doing everything. I was on Weight Watchers at that point. I, I had reached my goal weight within Weight Watchers, right? So I know exactly how much weight, I, where I was. But I was so inflamed. And then, to be honest, I couldn't knock myself out of ketosis. It was at that point, I was several weeks in, and I was like, okay, great experiment. This is amazing. And I started laughing with my friends because every woman that's out there, like, we know we lose our fat, like, primarily in our boobs straight up. And I was right. like, I got to stop. Like, <laughs> this isn't cool. The good <laughs> stuff goes first. The bad stuff goes last. So, I mean, I remember having a sweet potato trying to knock myself out of ketosis. And I was still in ketosis the next morning. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is, I'm, I'm really in a good healing state right now that even my body, and that's the metabolic flexibility that we want to have. Yep. Right. That's what I talk with my patients about. We've got to be able to be metabolically flexible. And so to be able to eat the carbohydrate, eat good carbohydrates and be able to get right back into a state of ketosis where you're burning fat for fuel versus always relying on the sugar for fuel. Right. Definitely. So that's where I was at. I, I always started out my morning with some sort of fat and some sort of protein. And then throughout the day, I mean, I started it to test food sensitivities for myself. My gut sense was like, oh my gosh, what if I'm allergic to coconut oil? Cause I eat so much coconut oil. So I went really strict and took it all out. Obviously I still drink my coffee, but it was clean, 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 super co good, great coffee. I didn't even do eggs at that point. And so that was after I had gone through this for several weeks was when I started adding in different things one at a time to see if I responded with any negative effects. And I was so glad when I ate an egg and I was okay. And I tested that for several more days, you know? So that was my primary thing of testing food sensitivities is why I actually did it initially. Well, you said a couple different things in there that I want to touch on. Number one, just for the listener's understanding, when you are producing ketones, you are literally giving your brain fuel that it prefers. Everyone thinks, oh, you have to eat carbs, you have to eat glucose, you have to you have to fuel your body with these high carbohydrate foods like runners you'll see them eat goo and they'll eat sugar and they'll eat pasta and but that's not the case your body actually prefers ketones and when you are producing ketones or maybe you're taking exogenous ketones we can get into that later you are giving your body the ability to literally tap into your fat stores for fuel and reduce inflammation so i think it's important for the listeners to know when we say you're in a state of ketosis, metabolic flexibility, that just means that your body is so tuned in that it can use your own body fat for fuel and it can use those ketones to give you energy and fuel your brain. So that really important point. The other point that you mentioned, and, and I love this, the food sensitivities. So how many people spend money on a food sensitivity panel Half of the shit on there, it doesn't even, we ought to edit that out on your podcast, but half the shit on there isn't even 
accurate. You know, yeah. it'll show that they're allergic to or sensitive to a food that they never even eat. It's ridiculous. How about this? How about you save some money? You do carnivore. You do nothing but nice animal protein with amino acids in it and then you add in one thing at a time maybe it is eggs because eggs can be inflammatory for some people you add that thing in one at a time and you're going to know what you respond to what creates inflammation what makes you feel like garbage and there you go you just saved a boatload of cash not doing a food sensitivity panel. Well, and what I found, and you probably have seen it too, where people will bring in their food sensitivity tests and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm allergic to avocados. I eat avocados every single day. I mean, it's one of those things that if you're giving your body something all the time, maybe there is the sensitivity to it, but is it really an allergy at that point? Or is it just because you had an avocado yesterday and it's showing up on the test? Like there's so many unanswered questions for me on these things. And so that's where I, I am always that person. I'm like, let's just go back to the basics, right? Like let's clear this stuff out and see where it is. And at least for me, like I said, I had to wrap my mind around because I had been telling people like 80% of your plate should be good green leafy veggies, right? Like it needs to be this. And so I kept thinking like, how are you going to get all the vitamins and nutrients? Like, how are you ever going to do that? And then when I realized it was the flesh of the animal, like has all of the stuff that you need in it. There's so much more in that with your amino acids and everything else than what, you know, when you were looking at all of the greens. And then it's been interesting because, you know, I think, and Dave Asprey is talking a lot about this now, about how how much kale can be detrimental, right? Mm-hmm. And you think everybody's doing kale shakes and everything else. And it was interesting to me to finally realize like, oh, you know, there are things that I eat that I couldn't figure out what was triggering things, right? And so it's even like this weekend, they had a kale salad. I was like, you know what? I know I'm not going to do that because yep. I know how my body reacts to that because I have gone through carnivore to be able to experience, hey, I've eaten this. I know It was the same way I figured out gluten was an issue for me you know, 20 yep. years ago, right? So that process of elimination. So it's really neat when you get to figure out how your body is working and how it's reacting to the things that you're giving it. Yep. And I think we're so far out of tune on that. Definitely. And, and the other thing with carnivore is you might be listening to Dr. Lisa talk about her daily eating and you're sitting there thinking, oh, I can't do that. There's no way. Yes, you can. Because we're not even telling you to make this a lifestyle. You can. I mean, listen, you might you might get on carnivore and feel so amazing that this does become a lifestyle choice for you and a way of eating for you. But you don't have to. There are ways that you can implement this to get short-term effects. Now, when we're talking about Hashimoto's and lowering antibodies, you have Hashi. Yeah. I have Hashi. You have super high antibodies. You're on my podcast. Yeah. Oh, gosh, this is like over a yeah. year ago with yeah. insane high antibody numbers. We talked about mm-hmm. the why. We don't have to go into mm-hmm. the why now. Right. But in implementing carnivore, you're lowering inflammation, which just naturally is going to lower your antibodies. So you can even do it short term. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's going to also, we're looking at that when you start to add in things like bone broth and everything else, and you've got the collagen and just all the good amino acids that you're bringing into the into your diet through carnivore, now you're giving your body the building blocks to really get in there and heal the gut. And we know so often with Hashi, we've got really wrecked up guts, right? And so much, I think, even after the course, and you've probably seen it too, because I know over the course of the last however many years, if people actually had that virus, they've all noticed different changes afterwards. And I think there's got to be something, and maybe we'll find out five or 10 years down the road, but it's obviously affecting the immune system, all sorts of things at a different level, right? Because I've seen a lot of people just where they're like, I've got this gut issue, like it just, you know, wherever. So that's just a little sidebar, but it is. So you're being able to help heal that gut, which then I think also in turn is helping 
to decrease some of the antibodies. And this is the great news is that at least from where my numbers were, like I'm 75% lower now. So I'm excited on that. It's still higher than what normal should be. Yeah. But hey. It's coming down. <laughs> progress. <laughs> progress. <laughs> progress, not perfection. It's coming down. And when we look at the study, there there's actually not a lot of data on carnivore and Hashimoto's, carnivore and autoimmune. There's a little bit, but there's more anecdotal evidence. I had a patient that I was working with a couple years ago who actually came into my program already on carnivore. And he just spoke so highly about it, about the the changes that he had experienced even prior to optimizing his thyroid. So his thyroid was a mess. His testosterone was in the tank. But yet he didn't feel as bad as he should as I'm looking at his numbers going, oh, you must just feel like a pile of poo. He's like, I'm not that bad. Obviously, I want to get optimized. I want to have optimal testosterone for my heart protection and brain protection. And I want my thyroid optimized. But all in all, I feel pretty good because I've been doing carnivore for a year as a true lifestyle. And the changes that he had anecdotally is enough for me to say, this can absolutely either be a lifestyle if you fall in love with it, or it can be used short term to really make significant impact and changes with your body and your body's chemistry. Right. And I think of like the one podcast that I think that really popularized uh, carnivore was Joe Rogan, however many, 2018, 2019, right? With Jordan Peterson and his daughter. And so that's a lot of times that people listen to that. They're like, I'm going to eat a steak and decide whether or not it's like sparkling water or regular water each day and some salt. Like, no, we're not saying you have to go that strict, right? Like right. if you wanted to, you can, I would go out of my mind bored. So, but it is, um, it's one of those things that, you know, I just remember at one point where I had cooked up like 12 things of bacon or, you know, like 12 pieces of bacon, not 12 actual containers of bacon. <laughs> and it was like, all right, I ate that. And I was like, gosh, I'm actually kind of hungry. It's so it's enough where you can look at to, just to see how much you know protein you're getting each day. Like I'm sure you're telling your, your listeners the same what I'm telling my listeners. Like we need to be having adequate protein. I think that's the biggest thing, especially with women. We yep. are not getting in enough protein. Not at all. And so this is such a great beneficial way to be able to do that. Yeah. And you anything from the animal. I am the person that I am not a dairy fan. But, you know, people could do carnivore and they could do dairy throughout this because that is technically from the animal. But I think there's such... Oh my goodness, there's so many, again, inflammatory people have usually some type of underlying dairy issue that we just want to eliminate that first too. Well, again, and that can be the food sensitivity food test. test. Yeah. You do the the meat-based carnivore. So just go all in, do your ribeye, do your filet, do some chicken, do some, some wild-caught salmon, you know, focus on the animal-based protein, the bone broth, and then you add in the grass-fed dairy and you say, okay, how do I react? How's my body responding? Do I feel better? Do I feel worse? And if you don't have a response, then guess what? You get to keep that in, bonus. And then the same thing, if you look at Dr. Paul Saladino, he's kind of really brought light to the carnivore diet and has showed us how to do it while still eating some other foods. Like, mm -hmm. yes, ladies, you can have a little bit of dark chocolate. You can have a little bit of honey. And I think he's even adding in some fruit now, I right? I think so, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which we don't recommend starting off that way. But basically, I'm saying that to let you know there are other foods that you can eat outside of a ribeye. 
in, and still be carnivore and still get the beneficial effects from it. And these are people that are doing it for a lifestyle, right? Like, I think that's the big thing. I get the question all the time because I always, you know, when I do talk about keto for women, about cycling carbs, and you get this too, right? Like, you'll get the text message. I've been, uh, you know, I started keto yesterday. When do I cycle my carbs? And it's like, well, not quite yet. Like, <laughs> you've got to do this for a little while. Get your body adapted. So it's the same thing. Do this for a few days. You know, and it is. We know sugar is an addiction. People that are craving sugar, like, get through this and you will be shocked at how much more amazing you're going to feel once you've cut that um, sugar addiction. So sugar addiction is real. And it's ironic that you said that I got a text message from a patient. We haven't started working together yet, but she was just so desperate. She reached out to me. She's like, my sugar cravings are insane. I don't even know what to do with them. And this is perfect. I mean, Mm -hmm. just if you did a week of carnivore, now technically it takes 21 days to really kick an addiction, kick a craving, kick a habit, create a new habit, really see the effects of, of removing a food. So if you're doing an elimination diet, you would take out the gluten and the soy and the dairy and everything for 21 days and then bring it back in one at a time. But I'm telling you, if you did carnivore for a week, you're going to notice your sugar cravings go away basically. So a really good friend of ours is implementing carnivore for her wedding coming up. And she mentioned the other day, she'd been doing it like a week or two, no sugar cravings at all. None, gone, gone. So if you have that true addiction to sugar and probably coming off the holiday season, you do. Or if you're eating like garbage, you do because you're creating that addiction in you. This might be something to throw in. Yeah. Absolutely. I just think it's something, and especially as everyone's doing their New Year's resolutions, like, like let's take a look at it. Let's really figure out a New Year's resolution that's going to stick, something that can make positive changes overall. Like I said, food sensitivities, we're going to figure that out. Help decrease inflammation. Everybody is obviously inflamed. Help balance out your blood sugar. Like, that's the biggie, right? Obviously, and becoming more metabolically flexible. And there are some patients out there that maybe they have done a low-carb diet. They've even implemented keto, And they're still not seeing the changes with their glucose, their insulin, their A1C numbers. And they're the ones that are kind of reaching for the new peptides, the Manjaro, the semaglutide, the Ozempic, as a way to bring down their insulin. But let's face it, I mean, those are becoming really expensive. I did a podcast on it a few weeks ago on how the drug companies have figured it out. And it's it's the, the Beverly Hills soccer mom weight loss drug now. And so now it's almost unattainable. And a lot of people don't want to use a medication. They don't want to use a peptide they have to inject into them. So this is a great way to really kick that insulin down, kick your A1C down. Because as I always say, the fastest way to age, keep your insulin up. The fastest way to just walk around inflamed, keep your insulin up. You do carnivore, you bring that insulin down, and now you have more, like Dr. Lisa said, metabolic flexibility. So yeah, you can go on vacation and come out of that state of ketosis and come off your diet and have a little bit of fun. But guess what? You're not going to walk away from that vacation 20 pounds heavier, 10 pounds heavier. You're actually going to spring right back into your healthy anti-inflamed state when you get back home. And also, like, let's face it, ladies. I mean, we all want great hair, skin, and nails, right? So if we're giving our body the building blocks for that, which are the amino acids, it's not going to happen overnight, but you're going to start seeing better better hair, skin, and nails. I think that's what I always get, at least in my, you know, my patients in my practice. They're like, what in the world do you do for your hair? I'm like, oh, I eat well. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll use my collagen. But yeah. obviously, we eat well 
that, you know, your body is exactly what you feed it. So that's why I always tell patients. Definitely. Protein intake is huge for that. Amino acids that make up animal-based protein, huge for hair, skin, and nails. And just like you, I see so many women, I'm calling you women out, that are low in protein. You think that you're eating enough and you're, you're saying, well, I'm eating peanut butter. Well, that doesn't, that's not a protein source. Nuts are not a protein source. Beans are not a protein source. You need animal-based protein. That's what you total up. And I guarantee you, if you sit down, you know, break out Google one day and actually pen and paper, write down what you're eating in a day and total up just the protein. Don't get into the calories. Don't even worry about the carbs. Total up your protein intake. I'm going to bet money that most of you are not even hitting 50 to 60 grams. And you should be one gram. My belief is one gram per pound of lean body mass. 100%. I yep. agree with that. And I think that was the big thing. When I did that whole stint of carnivore, like I couldn't believe my calorie count was not that high. Like you would think it would have been a whole lot, but it was because you were getting such dense food at that point, right? So I don't know. I would say, ladies, like if you are trying to figure out if you feel stuck, I would totally just do this for a little bit and see how you feel because you're only going to see some really positive, positive effects overall. Definitely. So yeah, we're talking obviously the weight loss, lowered inflammation, lowered insulin, lowered antibodies over time, the ability to figure out what foods you really are sensitive to by adding them back in one at a time. And I'm telling you, I, I challenge you all, do it for a week. Just do carnivore for a week. Go ahead, go grocery shopping, stock up on all that stuff that you love. Yes, you can have a little bite. I would say let's, let them have a little bites of dark chocolate, right? right? Have a tablespoon of honey if you're really jonesing for something. But other than that, let's just do carnivore for a week and let us know how you feel because it can make a huge impact in your health. And I want you guys to take pictures before and after. I know we all hate to do these before and after pictures, but I think you are gonna notice, especially in your face, just probably overall in your whole body, you will notice inflammation shifting for the better with this. Because if you're just waiting for the scale, because that was my biggest, and I never said this earlier, my biggest takeaway, I did this for, I tracked it for two weeks on Facebook. And it literally, I was like, I've lost two pounds, you guys, but it looked like I had, I lost a whole much, you know, so much more. So if you have a scale that's checking lean muscle mass and, you know, fat mass, like take Take a look, write all that stuff down, but definitely you're going to want to look at some pictures because I don't want you to sit there and say, well, I did that for seven days and that did nothing because you can't realize, you know, looking at your face in the mirror, what you look like last week versus today. Well, that was the same thing with our friend. We saw her this weekend. It was like, whoa, oh my gosh, you lost so much. She goes, really? We can tell because we can see it in her face and her body, everything leaned down and tightened up. She might not be able to tell if she's just looking at the scale number going, oh, well, it only moved a pound, but... But like I said, she also will say she notices a huge difference in how she feels, no sugar cravings. So it's only going to get better from there. Yeah. And sleep. I think that's a big thing because I think there's so many of us women that have issues sleeping. Right. And so that is one of the things that I have seen with patients where people say I'm sleeping a lot better now. But it's also because your blood sugar is not spiking throughout the day. And so therefore you're actually healing throughout the night. Yep. So steady blood sugar, steady blood sugar. Anything else you wanted to say about it? Yeah. No, I think it's something that everybody should just actually take a look at and try. And I mean, just just. The same way with keto. Don't I don't want you to sit there and say, oh, uh, uh, I, that's not for me. You know, so don't say, oh, carnivore, that's not for me. Maybe it is. Maybe it's something you just need to try for a little bit. And it can't out. hurt to try for a little right. bit. The 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 miss that you might hear, oh, I heard it was bad for my cholesterol. I heard it was bad for this. I mean, we can spend a whole other podcast breaking oh, those myths. Yeah. But just remember, you're doing something short term. You know, if you were a vegan for a week, I wouldn't like it. 
But you're if you're only doing it for a week to give it a try to see how bad you feel doing it, go ahead and do it. Same thing on the flip side with carnivore. Go ahead and do it for a week. It's not gonna. It's, it, it it does no harm. It just it's going to take you committing and really noticing the difference. Awesome. Well, I think this is great information. You guys shoot us any questions and. I really like doing podcasts with you, Amy. <laughs> I know. We, we just drive together, so we'll be doing more of these. Just get ready, guys. We'll be doing more of these. 